right? Yeah. It it bleeps out every other word that Shane says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, when Shane's talking, you have no fucking clue what he's saying. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> hey, if it gets close to ten, I might have to like jump out because I still have to get the kids to bed. But that's all good, sister. Oh, yeah. they can run around for a while. Come on. <laughs> yeah, they got up at four thirty on Christmas morning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Ew. Gross. Yeah, very gross. So. So what we're doing, everybody, is this is Ink Heist uh, family Christmas get-together. Um, we have our very special family members who join us from time to time, Tracy Robinson and Todd Kiesling here. Um, I am Shane Douglas Keene, Rich Duncan, Laurel Hightower, the whole normal bullshit. Um, and uh, we're just going to wrap and talk about some things that are going on and some things that uh well you know discuss discuss the future so there was uh, something else todd true. wanted to talk about but it's not it's not it's important. not important yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's uh i want to talk the course yeah i want to talk about something real quick right out the gate though and um, that is that uh, Todd Kiesling and Kenneth Kane worked their asses off over the past few years um, putting together the anthology uh, One of Us, a tribute to Frank Michaels Arrington. And uh, thanks for that, you guys. It's a beautiful book, beautiful production, excellent, excellent content. And just a lot of heart in that thing. Thanks, man. I really appreciate you saying that. Uh, that that whole project was a labor of love from start to finish. And I'm glad that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm glad it's done. And I'm glad, but I'm. I think I'm especially glad that it's out in the world and people can get an idea of you know how much Frank meant to our community. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's, I think, yeah, it, much more poignant to us who who felt it. Um, but yeah, I've talked to a lot of people since it came out too that have had a lot of good things to say about, you know, about him just based on what everybody else has to say about him, you know. Yeah. Mm. Hell of a guy. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed um, what you and Kenneth had to say. About him, I think it was the the Deadhead Space, yeah, right? Yeah, it was Deadhead yeah. Space. There was just a lot of really good, a lot of really good stuff in there. Made me very sorry that I hadn't met him. And I just, I remember it was actually one of the first things that kind of happened when I really kind of delved in was Frank passed away. Um, and I just, you know, of course I didn't know him at all, but I just, I, I really, it was, I, I kind of admired the way the community came together for that. I, I seem to recall that mm-hmm. his wife maybe tweeted about his status and then she like, you know, made sure and, and got on to tell everybody what happened. And I just thought, yeah, that's, uh, that's a community right there. That, that day was such a shock because I mean, he, he went to the hospital, he was in high spirits. Yeah. And you know, I went to bed seeing a post from him. And then the next thing I know it's morning, my wife's waking me up, to give me the news. And, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
you know, his wife was definitely, and I, I know his, his wife and his son kind of share the account now. Uh, and they, you know, they still post and stuff from time to time, but they were really good about keeping everyone online yeah. informed of what had happened and, you know, services and whatnot. And, uh, you know, yeah. I, I ended up going to, to his, um, to his memorial service. Uh, Ken also went and, uh, I want to say Trish, uh, PDK sec also, uh, went as well. We will kind of live in the you know, general area. And it was um, it was so cool to see all different people, you know, that he had touched over the course of his life. And uh, you know, it, I talk a lot about how there's kind of a void now in the community because he's gone, and it's going to take a long time to fill that. But you know. In general, you know, he was a, you know, an amazing guy with a, an incredible, you know, life story. And you could see that he was missed in more than just the horror community. You know, I mean, obviously his family's going to miss him, but there were so many people there. I mean, it was a it was in a church and it was full like it was some there was standing room only. There was that many people there. Um, that doesn't surprise me. In the no. Story. I'm not surprised. That, uh, I'm not surprised by it, but at the same time, to actually be there and experience it, it was like a whole other thing. Right. What an inspiration, huh? Uh-huh. Well, and it really just seems like where you know he. It seems like a big theme for him was showing up, was was being there for people. You know, attending readings and making eye contact and being there for people and uh-huh. supporting them. And I think it's beautiful that that was repaid to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely made every effort to support as many people as he could. You know, if he didn't go to your event, he bought your book, you know, he read it, he reviewed it. And, you know, if he, even if he didn't care for it, he would recommend it to other people who might. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it, that was just the kind of person he was. Um, yeah, I would argue that Frank Arrington has probably sold more books than anybody else in this community ever has in his lifetime. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I definitely, I, I owe him when I was really, when my career kind of started to take off a little bit. It was, you know, he's the one who gave me my first cemetery dance review. Nice, uh, you know, and he was incredibly kind. He's the one who. who telling people at Nikon about my novella, The Final Wreck. And, you know, he was always, you know, enthusiastic about what he was talking about to other people. You know, he was constantly, and I don't think he was even actively trying to sell books. It was more just, he was that enthusiastic about the stories and the craft. That's exactly right. Yeah, because that was, my experience was, with Frank, I wasn't technically considered a writer of any sort at that point in time, um, but was as a fellow reader and reviewer, and that's just what it was. He was just passionate about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and that was pretty much uh, my 
um, relationship with him too is I think he was like one of the first people to uh, like you said I was just a fellow reader and reviewer but he was one of the first people that you know I made friends with when I started my old site and uh, you know helped share my links and stuff and I always thought that was really nice of him yeah that was my experience too he just I mean I only ever interacted with him on Twitter I never got to see him at any any cons or anything but um, you know, like Laurel said, we can definitely, you know, those of us who, who weren't as blessed to know him for as long as others or in person um, can definitely tell the kind of person that he was just by what he's left behind, you know? I mean, and every interaction I ever had with him was respectful and kind and he was funny. Um, mm-hmm. And heck, you know, I, I get book recommendations all the time, but if but if Frank mentioned it, I was like, hmm, you know what? I think I'm going to go ahead and check that out. And you're absolutely right. If he didn't like a book, but he took the time to know other people well enough that he would say, hey, you know what? Try this one. Even if uh-huh. he didn't like it, he could recognize that somebody else would enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really, you know, the mark of, you know, not just a great reviewer, but a great person. Definitely. Um. Which is, yeah, as a reviewer, though, it's one of our favorite games, so as if we can uh, um, take a book or or a movie that we didn't like and make people want to buy it for the reasons we didn't like it, then it, that's also a success. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't believe how many movies I've reviewed on uh, Horror DNA and, and ha- that, that I just fucking eviscerated and people watched because of what I said about it. Yeah. <laughs> There's a definite subset of people who yeah. actively go out of their way to find the, you know, the worst films possible and revel in them. Yep. How <laughs> strange. Do they invite it's, their friends to do it, too? I know. It's like, you know, <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, watching a dog run out and finding a dead body and then right. rolling all over in it. That would be like <laughs> people sitting around drinking too much and watch, watching Maximum Overdrive. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who the hell would do that? I have no idea. <laughs> Bunch of fucking lunatics and a couple of people from Kentucky is what I'm thinking. <laughs> I think I catch all those little innuendos there, Shane. Thank you yeah. so much. Uh, <laughs> well, good. Thank you, Laurel. Then I just don't have to say them. <laughs> I was I was impl- implying that the two Kentuckians were no I wasn't you guys will never yes. believe so <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Keep going. so uh, merry belated Christmas everybody yes yes yeah sing me brother merry belated Christmas it is actually a joy to me that I am talking to the five of you, the four of you. Well, I'm talking to myself, too, because I really like <laughs> <laughs> well, um, When a man reaches a certain age, he definitely starts to have an internal dialogue going on. Yeah. No, this is great. Right. I'm, glad, I'm glad we could all get together. And you know, chat tonight. Uh, it's been a a long, long, long fucking year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In honor of 2020, I am 
sitting here drinking a Corona. So there. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, in in peak 2020 form, I wished so hard for a white Christmas that we got almost like eight inches of snow and my husband had to plow for 18 hours. (laughs) Oh, God, that's awful. So we had to, he got to come home and open presents with the kids, you know, shortly after they got up and then he had to go back out. (laughs) And then, you know, and then we couldn't go and uh, we were going to go to my not my grandmother's, but his mom's house, you know, cause there's just like two people there and, you know, exchange gifts. And then we couldn't do that. And I was like, figures, I asked for a white Christmas and because it's 2020, we're snowed in. You got it, sister. There we go. What were you thinking? Looking for some joy out of this. What the hell? Right? <laughs> yeah. Tracy's dreaming of a white Christmas and her husband's having fucking nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out there at 10, you know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock on Christmas Eve night, shoveling my driveway. Like, yep, this is what I get. Yep. <laughs> hey, Tracy, you're you're out in the Midwest, right? Yeah, uh, I'm in a- Ohio. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know uh, family my family in Kentucky and Tennessee, they were posting photos. I didn't realize the snow went that far north into your in the neck of the woods. Yeah, uh, it was supposed to be like. You know, at first it was like, oh, 50% chance. And it was like, oh, well, the eastern half of the state. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm, that's me, you know, just barely. <laughs> and then it was like, okay, we're going to get two to four. And then the next time I checked the weather, it was like, that's oh, probably going to be four to six. And the next time I was like, you know what, it's going to be about five to eight inches. So yeah. I've decided that I just need to be a meteorologist so I can, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> yeah. change my mind and get paid and. <laughs> just look out the window in the morning and be like, oh, I think it's going to snow today. Tracy's the most successful meteorologist in the world because she wishes the weather in the morning and then tells you what it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> I walk out and it's raining and I'm like, yep, there's about a 100% chance of rain today. That, that, that is an Oregon weather person right there. Oregon meteorologists are all... Well, it's going to rain in five minutes, and then it'll be snowing by five, and then sunshine in the morning, and get those skis out, people. (laughs) (laughs) And they paid big fucking money for that shit, too. (laughs) Yeah. We got out Christmas Eve to go uh, meet with my small, you know, family that we were seeing, and then... That's good because on Christmas morning when my husband went to go drop some stuff off at my in-laws, our garage door had broken. And that oh. is part of why we've been stuck inside. Oh. For so long. <laughs> Thank God for attorneys that deliver liquor. Right, dude. I have yeah. I've actually just been carrying this bottle around with me. Because <laughs> That's amazing. It's so good. You know, we we got all of our snow uh, last week. Like we got, it was well over a foot of snow. Oh wow! Uh, and we we usually, you know, I'm here in Pennsylvania, and we usually our worst winter time is usually like February, March, April. That's <laughs> you know? yeah. That's and Oregon too. Yeah, but this uh, this one kind of came out of nowhere. Um, yeah, I'm, I think. It dropped uh, like three or four inches on us, and then by the time it got to you guys, it was just crazy. Yeah, uh, I was. It was very nice. We had a good Samaritan uh, plow uh, with nice. a snowblower through 
down our sidewalk. Um, so I didn't have to get out and do that myself. <laughs> that's <just> always good. <laughs> yeah. Shit, you just reminded me that our neighbor did that for us, and we never said anything. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to God bless us, everyone in Laurel's. Fuck off, whatever. Wandering by the... He's the crazy person out there in like jammy pants and boots and a hat that doesn't fit right and tosses out the snow like ah. <laughs> Shakes her fist. <laughs> and I never, they've probably seen me through my window with my bottle of whiskey under my arm. Like, so. don't, you don't want to talk to that woman. She's drunk all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's just always fucked up. (laughs) I walked down to the store here on the corner to get my celebratory beer. Um, And that celebratory part is totally, totally ironic, believe me. Um, But you're celebrating tonight. There's a guy. I am. There you go. Well, sure. That works. I'll I'll trade for that. (laughs) But there's, there's a guy standing down there dancing in the sidewalk and doing something that I'm pretty sure he thought was singing and offering people donuts. And it's like, uh, no thanks, brother. Could you just yeah. get the out of my way so Are I they can powder go. donuts? Yeah. I'm gonna... <laughs> yeah right. No, they no, they were glazed and you know, donuts. That, that wasn't glazed, Shane. <laughs> that was my word too. It's why I didn't want a fucking donut, Keesling. <laughs> that could have gone one of two ways. It was either going to be, you know, not glaze or cocaine and not sugar. So. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And really, and, out uh, of those, you're hoping for the second one. Yeah, I was going to say if if it had been the second one, I'd have been okay, but not really. <laughs> Not really. I like cocaine, but we don't get along well. There's your there's your tagline for the episode. I like cocaine. Uh, Shane likes cocaine. More than eleven. <laughs> uh, I kicked a bad habit with that shit like thirty years ago now. Oh, wow. But uh, but I but I still like it. Every time I think about it, I think, damn, dude. <laughs> A very special holiday episode of Ink Eyes. Right. <laughs> this is the after school special episode of Ink Eyes. <laughs> I'm going to mute my mic and take a hit, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, I, oh man. That okay, crap. Rich? You're yep. not going to die on us, are you? No, I'm, well, I might. It's kind of cold in here tonight, so. <laughs> I'm in the I'm in the old recording studio, aka the closet, <laughs> and it's freezing. You're in a closet. I'm in the garage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but Tracy, at least you have a furnace. I do have a furnace. Yeah, that's right. Like my husband's kind of like rigged it up to work properly, so there's a fifty-fifty chance when I unplug it, <laughs> things might go wrong. So you know. I'll just do it carefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's always, you know, you can beat the electricity if you just yank it out real quick. Yeah, real quick. It's <laughs> 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 funny, there'll be some melted snow that I'll be accidentally standing in or something, and then, who knows? <laughs> yeah, no, 
it's my luck just making toast. I have to check the floor and make sure that's not the case. <laughs> Final destination, toaster. Exactly. <laughs> I've been electrocuted twice. It's probably yeah. not going to kill you. It's not so fun. <laughs> no, I, I, I have as well. Uh, it's kind of funny. Uh, well, it's not funny. It's actually terrifying, but it's funny it now. Um, my uh, my granny had this this mirror, uh, you know, bathroom mirror, and it had these two metal fixtures on the side for the lights. It like uh, you you know flip the switch and the lights would come on. And but the whole en- enclosure was fucking metal. <laughs> <laughs> and I had washed my hands. Oh. And went to flip the switch, oh. and next thing I know, something threw me against the wall. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! It's so disorienting, like yep. because I don't know about you, but like I didn't remember the period during which I was flying across the room. No. But apparently, I do scream obscenities without you know needing any sort of prompting. Yeah, it's just I, you're just across the room. You don't feel good, and you're pretty pissed off. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. I uh I didn't. It was actually the one time I've ever been shocked uh badly was on Christmas right about this time. I just like had a brand new set of walkie talkies, or I think my neighbor did actually, because I know my parents couldn't have afforded them, and I uh, was talking on it and touched the antenna to my neighbor's electric fence around his horses. And you you wouldn't believe how much a walkie-talkie amplifies electricity. It's glorious. (laughs) I mean, I kind of felt like there at first you were going to be like, it was a night just like tonight. Right? I think it's it fascinating that all three of the horror writers here have been electrocuted badly at some point. Yeah, this probably, <laughs> this probably explains a lot, to be honest. I mean. <laughs> well, you know, I am the kid, too, that stuck his tongue in the light socket when his sister dared him to, so... And that I mean, wasn't your worst electrocution? That's yeah. the byline? That's a little... Wow. Nah, nah, my mom stopped me. I didn't actually get done with the light socket experiment. <laughs> I didn't get done with that. That's the title of the episode, the light socket experiment. <laughs> I like it. I do too. <laughs> I did, uh, I did uh, dive stuntman like through a plate glass window one time though. That's amazing. It was fun. <laughs> Not really. Did you have no, like, my, did you have a gun in each hand? Were you like firing as you go? <laughs> no, I was running from my sister, man. So you should have had a gun in each hand. <laughs> <laughs> no, she wanted to kill me, and I chose the window. It's <laughs> like, hardcore, Shane. Yeah, mom and dad never let her babysit again. <laughs> I appreciate everyone who lowers the standards for child care because I don't have to feel so bad. <laughs> this is this is great. Like cocaine, electroshock therapy, and sibling rivalry. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and child Running abuse again. in general. <laughs> yeah. 
actually, I guess it's not child abuse if you'd stop your kid from sticking his tongue in a light socket, but it sure was interfering. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you were disappointed you didn't get to stick your tongue in there. Well, yeah, we were all jazzed to see what the fuck was going to happen. <laughs> Is this the point at which I step in to re-rail us, or do I just... I think so. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Todd, in a segue back to the conversation, <laughs> do you have anything coming out next year you want to talk about? Oh, God. <laughs> you know, this, is that, this is the not important thing I was telling you This is the guys. not important. You guys can skip forward by, like, five minutes. This is the time. No, he has that series coming out that he's been teasing me about for, like... The whole year well, waiting. Laurel, Laurel has read the first book now. I have, yes. Uh, <gasps> she was very kind to give me a blurb for it. Uh, yeah, I have this uh, series that I finally completed that's coming out in 2021 through the duration of the year. Uh, it's called the Monochrome Trilogy, and the first book, A Life Transparent, uh, drops from Bloodshot Books in, uh, I want to say March check my calendar here, March 2nd and uh, <clears throat> yeah so uh, the first two books are re-releases, they are revised and expanded editions because um, they came out a long time ago and the final novel is the book I completed uh, back in August uh, after working on it off and on for seven years. And I'm pretty happy with the way it finally came to completion. It was kind of like my, my white whale for a long time. And I don't know if the folks who read Devil's Creek are going to enjoy it. It's vastly different. Um so I'm a little bit nervous just because it's older stuff and, you know, it's older stuff that kind of leads into new stuff. I guess if yeah, you wanted to be like sentimental about it, you could kind of see my progress as a writer over the course of these three books. Um, so, yeah, that, that's coming out 2021. I also have something else I can't talk about yet. That's, What's that? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Damn it! <laughs> Sorry, I'll t I'll gladly tell you guys after we're not recording. Okay, uh, sweet. But um, yeah, the, you can probably look for that April or May. Nice. So you've you've already got a big year set up. Uh, yeah, it seems like it. Um, that plus I've you know, I've got uh, some shorter stuff in the works, and I'm hoping I'm hoping. During the uh, course of 2021, I will be able to find a publisher for my next collection. So that's on. Okay. That's my some of my goals. Well, and uh, I wanted to ask. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Laura. Go ahead, Tracy. No, I was just going to say, I think Todd is the only one I've actually met in person. Right, scares that care. Yeah. And hopefully, 2021 happens, and I can pick up those books right from you. That would be great. Oh, uh, be, you know, I'm nice. I'm hoping that by the time 
con season has rolled around that we will all be successfully vaccinated and COVID will be a thing of the past. Hmm. I know I'm being, you know, being hopelessly optimistic there, but I really missed going to cons this summer. Uh, I miss Nikon horribly. I miss scares horribly. And I, you know, also, I mean, I provided that, you know, cases start declining i'm planning on attending uh the stokers in, in denver um so that'll be my first stoker con i've never actually been to a stoker con before so i have not yeah. been to any cons yeah. but i do have i do have a, a hopeful ticket for that so yeah i haven't been to any cons either but i did go to the Same. i did go to the bar con at the stokers when they were here last time 2011 or something i think nice. they have a bar con well that's just you know going going into the bar at the red lion and getting drunk with authors yeah oh, okay. that's kind of the uh i know uh friends and i were talking about doing that a few years back just not even getting a registration just going and hanging out in the hotel bar <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just getting an Airbnb and hanging out in the hotel bar the entire weekend. <laughs> uh, yes, that's what. Mal it's not a bad idea, really. About. I mean, no. you know, Mallerm and I were talking about that, and he said the same thing. Uh, he said Barcon's a lot more fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At I this point, I would Mallerman to say that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would do. <laughs> I would just settle for an Airbnb outside of my house. God. I don't even give a <laughs> yeah. fuck. Like, I could be by myself and just bring this whiskey with me and yeah, not have fucking... to see anyone. <laughs> I wow. could settle for a fucking teepee right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Merry Christmas. God bless us, yeah. everyone. Todd, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to ask, Todd, um, I know you mentioned your collection. Is it going to, you know, are you going to come up with another title or is it going to be kind of part of the uh, ugly little things? Uh, It'll be a new title. Uh, I've got a couple of working titles right now. Um, Typically, when you're shopping a collection, you want to have some new stuff in it, not just previously published stuff. So mm-hmm. I've got a I've got a novella in mind that I'm hoping to crank out sometime next year. Not on. That'll be cool. the title story. And, I'm hoping uh, to finish my second story next year. <laughs> I hope so. I hope to do. <laughs> do not sell yourself short. That first one is a big accomplishment. You, it is. You write, yeah. you write a, a shit ton of poetry, man. That's a. <laughs> I'm just being a smart ass. Like, it took me all of 2020 to write this fucking 2,500 words, but I did it, goddammit. <laughs> hey, sometimes sometimes finding those words and putting them in the right order is yeah. such a such a bitch. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the story, this particular story itself did not actually take me the whole year just teaching myself that and letting Laurel beat me around until I had the balls to decide to write one is what took me the whole year. Good job, Laurel. Thank you. <laughs> I was kind of mean on this one. 
I told him I was like, Friday, latest <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah, she did. That's your uh-huh. homework. Friday. <laughs> Not just finished, <laughs> submitted. <laughs> oh. Well, I mean, if it makes you feel any better, Shane, I mean, it, it took me most of 2020 to write the bulk of that novel, that last monochrome novel. Uh, the pandemic really just destroyed <laughs> any sort of drive I had. And I know yeah. we, we talked about this in the past episodes. <clears throat> yeah. You know, just I, sapped any any desire to work on anything fictional just because the real world seemed terrifying enough. Yeah. I kind of hide in it. Yes. Yeah. I do a lot of that too. I was kind of curious though, Todd, on the third one, I know, you know, you said it was kind of your white whale and you've been working at it for a long time. Having read the first one and your afterwards on that, I'm kind of curious whether you think that you had to wait for it to be right, just given kind of the lot, the life path kind of thing. I think so. Uh, yeah. You know, I told the, this is horror guys, you know, way back over the summer that I feel like the, each of the books in the series kind of mark a certain stage in my life and they're deeply personal. It's a deeply personal story anyone who knows me well is going to see that and uh when i initially started the third book was 2013 at the height of a really bad depressive episode and you know i had a complete uh 180 in terms of the plot like i thought i had everything mapped out i was ready to go and i was just gonna barrel through this and get it out of the way and I was having a conversation with my mom about the uh, the villain, and because she had just finished the second book, and she said that she didn't think that villain was a villain at all. Huh. And that blew my mind because I hadn't even considered that. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized she was absolutely right. And huh. that completely changed the whole dynamic. And everything that I had in store for the third novel went out the window. So awesome. that that whole change, plus this, you know, really bad depressive episode, you know, that lasted several months, it was just a bad mix. And I needed something to kind of cleanse my palate. I was tired of working in that sandbox. I didn't want to write about these characters anymore. So that's when I started writing the stories that became ugly little things and you know there for a while i swore i would never finish that third book and it wasn't until um late 2018 after devil's creek was done that i really found the confidence to return to it and i threw out everything i had except for about 5,000 words, and I started over. And uh, that's that's kind of where, you know, how that third book finally came into being. It was a long road getting there. I mean, I had had several false starts along the way, and I had accumulated maybe, God, I don't know, 10 or 15,000 words of text 
I only ended up keeping about five of it. So, yeah, I think I think you're right, Laurel. I think I needed to grow a little bit as a person to be able to look at that story objectively again. Yeah. Uh, and there's a, you know, it was. It was emotional to me to finish it just because it had been this thing that I've been trying to complete for so long. But uh, my wife says she's currently she's the only person who has read this book. Uh, Pete at Bloodshot hasn't even read it yet. And it made my wife cry. And she said it's her favorite of the three. Which would make sense. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you know, she's usually my litmus test. If she doesn't care for something, then it's probably shit. That's awesome. So, you know, if there's something that she really likes, then you know she really liked Devil's Creek. She really liked the Final Reconciliation. She really liked Scan Lines. You know, that kind of ends up being the good, you know, a good test for me. Yeah, it, it it is a good test because she's got really good taste. I really liked all of those too. Thank you. Oh. Yeah. She's she's a good she's a good critic to have in your in your corner. She is. I'm very fortunate. She's also a kick to watch movies with, so Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um and just one one little side note for future reference, we'd thank you not to mention our competition on the show <laughs> well i was gonna ask too when you said i talked to the to the this is her guys way back in the summer i'm like so your episode's airing in what february march of next year <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man <laughs> wow you know mike bob i'm sorry <laughs> it's amazing man Shots we can scoop those guys even when they get there first <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. It'd take a while for that episode to come out. <laughs> uh, Michael's uh, gonna hate us. Wilson's gonna kill me. <laughs> I'm the one who said it. So. Oh, good point. Bring, it, bring it. it on, Wilson. Yeah, challenge him to a uh, to a death match, Laurel. No, he's he keeps saying he's only gonna referee. Yeah, he's just a moderator. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah, I don't think he's even a moderator. He can call himself that. He's just a fucking commentator. <laughs> Boom. Wow. Now you're, making, Shots it, now you're fired. making it personal, dude. <laughs> you know what? I'm out of this. <laughs> <laughs> I am. <laughs> you just quit quit trash talking Michael Wilson, man. That's not cool. <laughs> Well, I think that's uh, one of the things that I think is is really appealing to. I mean, I've, I've only read the first one, um, but I I just think that there is a lot of you know you, especially at the time that you wrote it, and I feel like that comes across really well. Um, uh, so yeah, I'm just I'm really excited to kind of see the path that this takes because, like like I think a lot of people have, I kind of recognize myself some in your main character. You know, just kind of a lot of the fears that people have as they as they embark and and do what they need to do to get along. Yeah, uh, it's it's an interesting um, character arc that he he takes. 
and <laughs> you know he uh the he being the the main character Donovan Candle um he's definitely been like a a mirror image of myself for so long and it was it wasn't until I finally got to the third book that I could actually start seeing him in my mind as someone other than myself uh which made it easier to you know hurt him <laughs> uh you know, and I definitely put him through his, uh, I put him through the ringer in books two and three, especially the third one. Um, so I'm, I'm very eager to see how people react to the third book because I get really weird with it. <laughs> uh, really, really, really weird with it. Um, there's some cosmic elements in it. Uh, it's probably of the three books. It's probably the most horror centric. Um, definitely the most violent. And uh, I don't know. It's kind of like, what if I went into that that book, you know, questioning, you know, if I could actually sit down and have a conversation with a god, what would it look like? And, yeah, that's all I'll say about book three. I don't want to spoil anything. So I, now I can, un, you know, unrealistically hype up these books and everybody will be disappointed like they were with Devil's Creek. <laughs> According to the Goodreads viewer, you know, one, two, three, four, some rando. <laughs> right. <laughs> Can't believe I paid for this. Obviously, obviously. Every other reviewer just gave it a good review because they wanted to stay in the publisher's good graces. Right. That guy. I, uh, that guy I can gotta, go fuck himself. He sure can. Um, yeah, and I, I called him out on that shit, and he never did reply to me. He deleted your comment. <laughs> I'm sure. He deleted your comment. I'm sure he did. I went back a while later and checked to see if he ever responded to you. But, yeah. That is that is the kind of thing that. Like, and I did, you know, I used to read all my reviews, especially because I was brand new, you yeah. know, and I just you just kind of want to see what people are saying. But I quit because, yeah, I saw one on Crossroads where someone was like, not only did they hate it, which is fine, but they were just like horrified that anyone liked it. They just went on forever about how everyone was crazy. And I was like, that really hurts my feelings. I'm going to yeah, quit looking at you know, this it, shit. I, I'm, I haven't stopped looking at, at reviews just because I, I'm genuinely curious about people who are critical of it, you know, and, and if mm. they put together a well-formed argument, I'm not going to, you know, I want to learn from it, you know, and I also, I look at it as a means, as a stepping stone to get better. You know, if I miss, if I miss the mark on something, I want to know what the mark was so I can improve. And, you know, the guy was definitely entitled to his opinion. I don't fault him. You know, he's, um, you know, people can like it. They can love it. Fine. He bought the book. I paid my mortgage. Thanks, dude. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, for me, the, the issue was less about his feelings on the book and more about how he was kind of attacking everybody, the integrity of everybody else. You know, I didn't like that at all. That's uh, what pissed me off, too. Sorry. So, no, it's okay. So, yeah, I know we're not supposed to talk, 
you know, talk ill of reviewers, and I oh. normally don't, but I feel like that was the one exception. Yeah. Um, because that guy was attacking honest, you know, mm-hmm. reviewers. Yep. Literally attacking them. Yeah. Just by saying, oh, I know seven people who all told me they lied and didn't really like it. And it's like, the fuck you do, man. If you do, then you need to out those fuckers because they're douchebags. Yeah. Yeah, but they didn't exist except in his fucking dreams. So, yeah, I have opinions, man. <laughs> I've got opinions too, and don't don't worry, authors who are are listening, don't don't take don't take my experience as a license to to you know talk shit about reviewers. Reviewers are a blessing to us, and we should all be grateful for their time. Uh. You know, and I'm not just saying that because Tracy's here, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, I'm, you know, I, I'm legitimately grateful for any reviewer who's going to read my stuff. You know, and they, if they approach it with an honest, you know, honest eye and they give their honest opinion, that's, you know, I, I'm firm believer that, you know, don't ask the, you know, don't ask the question if you're afraid of the answer. Yeah. And you know, I, I want to know the answer. You know, do you, did you like it or not? If you didn't, why? If you liked it, why? And, you know, thanks for your time. You yeah, know, I don't so... want to know anymore. Okay. <laughs> no, no, All not right, about so nobody you. review no. Laurel stuff ever again. <laughs> I'll review it, but just know you can say whatever you want because I'm not going to go look at it. Just, yeah. I mean, just because, like, I, I think that there's validity to all sides of it. And I also, it is kind of ridiculous. And people are like, then just never look at your reviews. You're never going to do that. Especially when a book comes out initially, you know, and like you said, Todd, you know, when you're like, well, this is very different from my last thing that came out. What are people going to think about it? Because Crossroads is like ridiculously different from Whispers in the Dark. And I was like, I have no idea how this is going to go. Um, so, I mean, yes, I totally. And, you know, for the most part, I've developed more of a thick skin. And so if people don't like it, I'm just like, that's cool. I can see that you didn't connect with this character. And that is totally reasonable. That's really valid. Um but it is one of those things, and it's it's what I say to to newer authors when they're starting. It's like it's kind of like just looking up your ex online, you know. If it's kind of fun and and you you're just seeing what they're doing and you get a laugh or whatever, or you you know whatever, feel nostalgic, cool. But if you look at it and you feel like shit, then quit looking. Because yeah, right. you know, yeah, and that's that's totally valid valid argument. I couldn't. Or I wouldn't if, be able to look. look at it. And then, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just saying I wouldn't be able to look. I'm just an emotional fucking wreck anyway. I can't imagine somebody reviewing me bad and me being professional about it. So I just won't look. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, I like what Todd said about, you know, he likes to see so that maybe, you know, if he feels it's a valid point that that's important there, you know, not everything's for everyone, of course. And so you don't want to change your whole the whole way you write based on one review or be like the guy who contacted me because in my review, you know, I think I gave it a two or something. And I and I don't I'm not good at writing negative critical reviews. So I normally keep them pretty short. Um, That's pretty much how you can tell. (laughs) Yeah. And I think I just said, you know, there were issues with this and this. And I was kind of vague like maybe don't message that person on Goodreads and ask for specifics because that's not my job, Mm-mm. you know, like, yeah. especially yeah, I don't when that. I don't know you at all. Now, if I was friends with someone and they wanted some more feedback, you know, maybe, but just some random, no, don't, 
message me, please, and ask me for more specifics because I gave what I wanted to give, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that, I mean, and that's straight up harassment. But it's, but it's also, I mean, you know, like, Todd, what you're talking about, too, like, I, I think that's really important, again, to pass on to newer writers. It's like, have that, have those people that you vent to, have your other authors, your trusted friends, because, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, that shit can hurt. And to act like it won't, or to act like you're not going to get, you know, up in arms about something that is really, really unfair. Yeah. It's just, I mean, that that's asking too much of people. And that's, that's putting a weird burden on them that humans aren't meant to bear. It's our art. You know, I mean, there's, there's no way to not feel about it. Yeah. And, and exactly other than your children, I think in a way your art is so personal to you. You know, it's like, I wouldn't really respond unprofessional, but um, yeah, it's, you're you're definitely it's hard for you not to take things personally with something so fucking personal yeah yeah i agree but you know i'm I'm unlikely to like i will straight up punch somebody if they talk shit to tiny but i'm gonna just you know stay away (laughs) (laughs) that's okay one of these days tiny will straight up Mm -hmm. punch somebody if they talk shit to you so it's all turnabout fair play it is. I'm kind of making him into a violent little theater performer. I don't know what I'm doing here. But... I love it. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm just the I'm very proud. An- the most creative anarchist in the world. I, I... <laughs> so having read your, your work, Laurel, I feel like every time Tiny comes up in conversation in my mind, I see this little tyke with a sniper rifle in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> got a sniper rifle in one hand and then he's got singing Elsa in the other and as yeah. he's blowing people away he's going let it go <laughs> <laughs> and he's got he's got Dennis the angel on his shoulder Dennis too, the so. angel yeah. I am I have to say that that's still I can't remember if I mentioned this in the thread but the best part of that was that my mother-in-law totally thought she was getting like the the Christmas story the biblical Christmas story out of him because he sits down and he says I want to tell you a story about an angel and she's like oh that's wonderful and he's like her name was Dennis and she attacked everyone the end wow that's parenting done right right that's, there that's amazing I don't actually think I did that. I think that's straight up. <laughs> Dennis the angel. Dennis the angel. Uh, Dennis the aggressive angel. Well, we're talking prophecy type angels here. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. He attacked. Talking yep. like, like old school, Old Testament angels look like a bunch of like, right. you know, rings on fire with eyes and wings and <laughs> multiple faces and stuff or the so more blessed, stri- yeah. more stripped down touched by an angel angel <laughs> i think it's i think it's definitely more the first one i'm not awesome because those sure. angels are badass <laughs> yeah. yeah um write that please <laughs> i'm gonna let him i mean he's it's you know I, i'm yeah. gonna have him pursue it if he wants to. Yeah. You'll have to interview a lot of Baptists. Well, I'll just, he can just hang out with <laughs> no, Frank. And no, no, no. Baptists whatever. don't pay attention to the Old Testament. <laughs> <laughs> they need to head down to Devil's Creek is where they need to go. Yeah. <laughs> All of them. 
Go talk to Jacob. He'll know. Yeah. <laughs> Seek him out specifically. Let us know how that goes. Yes. <laughs> Be honest with you when it comes to horror tropes, and I haven't seen it used much, but angels scare the fuck out of me. Yeah, like, I mean, there's a good, re- you know, and it's kind of funny. I feel like I'm talking so much about the Bible lately because I just had that that re- you know religion roundtable with the Deadhead Space guys, and I've been writing about Jesus for the last month, so, uh, you know, it's kind of telling when every time a fucking angel appears in the book, it says, "Don't be afraid." <laughs> right. <laughs> Don't be afraid. You're one of the safe ones. <laughs> Don't be afraid. It's like, but you're you're like twelve feet tall, <laughs> and, and and you're your on, head's fire. on fire. <laughs> well, and I have to say, like, I, Tracy, I don't know if you you've done this with your kids too, but like every time I read one of these things, and they're just like standard, you know, we have like he's got a bunch of Christmas books, and we happen to have like a little golden books version of the Christmas story, and you know, the angel shows up to Mary and says, "Be not afraid." You know, it's your privilege to carry this baby. And I'm like, I have to try so hard not to insert some commentary there. Okay, so Tiny, let's talk about what's wrong with this. We gotta talk about bodily autonomy. We gotta talk about consent and choice. You know, and it's I, I totally have ruined so many songs for him, you know, by being like uh Brandy, you're a fine girl. Uh Brandy said thanks, fuck off, I don't need your approval, you know, that kind of thing. It's like I just I had to stop because <laughs> No, we just um and we we read the we read the Grinch on Christmas Eve, so nice. <laughs> That's that that one's pretty good. So, but yeah, I could see that. Like, you know, let's let's have a chat here about <laughs> about what's really going on in this story here. <laughs> well, yeah, because uh, yeah, and I, okay. I have. No, go ahead. No, I was just gonna keep talking about Disney, so please proceed. <laughs> oh, I was I was just you know me and the Dr. Seuss thing. She said Grinch. And it's like oh yeah you can I rewrote that, that. yep <laughs> I, I I had issues with that one yeah so I just made him fucking kill everybody you're a dipshit <laughs> <laughs> and happy holidays <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah this is a uh, Best of time to ink heist. We should make, <laughs> <laughs> we should make this a yearly service. Yeah. <laughs> Happy fucking holidays from the ink heist family. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, it's like fuck you and the opinion you wrote in on. <laughs> Not you, Tracy. We could Photoshop like holiday cards with us all giving people the finger. I don't need I have to Photoshop so many photos. Well, well, I don't need to Photoshop either, man. <laughs> well, no, I meant so we're all together. So oh, we're all okay. Together. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll be the angel with the halo in the middle, so in case my like job sees it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We've got to watch out for the teacher. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Protect the teacher at all costs. Yes. And, absolutely. You know, uh, thank you for everything you do, by the way. Agreed. So yeah, my my school that I am in, um, we were still hybrid, so I was still physically in the room with with kids. It was 
yeah. quite scary when Ohio's numbers started peaking like 10, 11,000 a day. And I was like, um, can it be break yeah. yet, please? Yeah. Yeah. No my kidding. sister teaches here. She teaches in um, like Franklin, Kentucky. And uh, she, she just had to get so vicious with people because none of her, I mean, none of the administrators were listening. They like brought all the teachers in to have a meeting and they're supposed to be masked and they bought them all blizzards. What? <laughs> and it's just like she, she just like she you know she's very like she's very sweet and she's very you know like tries to be very polite and professional she said she just screamed at all of them and left the room and i was like that is a valid response <laughs> it sure as hell is <laughs> yeah. yeah ours just they keep trying to like schedule these socially distanced let's bring all the teachers into one room you know but there's like 120 of us at, at my high school and and you know, every, every, so far, all of them have been canceled because enough of us email and we're like, you know, maybe let's not, you know, because <laughs> we're all around different students. And it's like, you know, even distanced, we still have to walk in the hallways together and mm. let's just not right now. Mm. But I think in Ohio, we're like the second tier of people that are going to be have the vaccine available to them. So I, I'm, a, I'm thinking, you know, hopefully in January or so I'll get one. So. I hope so. Um, I think it's ridiculous mm. that they are so resistant of embracing technology. Like, it takes five minutes to set up a fucking Zoom chat. Well, we yeah. have mm-hmm. – our district is one-to-one. Every student has a Chromebook from grades 4 through 12, and 3 through K all have iPads mm. and hotspots. <laughs> so, so, I don't know. But you guys need to gather in one place. Because, yep. Yeah. Luckily, reasons, that, you know, luckily yeah. we didn't have to. Yeah. But that that blizzard thing, that's yeah. that's crazy. Now, how come how come K through P K through three people get screwed? I don't know. Maybe it's easier to fix if a <laughs> kindergartner drops an iPad rather than drops a Chromebook. I don't know. <laughs> I, iPad is indestructible, is why I'm sure. <laughs> Um, yeah. I have a toddler who would be happy to prove you wrong. Yeah, well, I was about nearly. to say, like... <laughs> you were about to say what, Todd? Go ahead. Uh, oh, about uh, <laughs> the iPad, you know, like, trust me, they're, they're not that uh, they're not that unbreakable. No. And I also have a question about the blizzards. Like, what kind of flavors are we talking about here? <laughs> right. I, I, I think she was so angry that I don't believe she ate hers. But that is a good question because, like, I mean, what did you die for today? Was right. it, like, a birthday cake flavor or was it some bullshit flavor? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty particular about my blizzards. So. Same. <laughs> I don't know, man. I would I would have screamed at him and taken that fucking blizzard. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would have, too. It's, okay, what's, what, what is the, what is the epitome of blizzard flavors well i mean their their blizzards were obviously covid flavored yeah true that's true they were Cherry chocolate with a, a spritzer of corona on top the corona nice. <laughs> delicious mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm fond of the heath the heath bar ones myself yeah or I, I need cherries and chocolate <laughs> hmm. I like the birthday cake one, but like you never see it anymore. They had it for like five minutes and then that was it. Yeah, birthday cake one was pretty good. I never had, never tried yeah. that. Now I don't want to fucking go to Dairy Queen. 
I yeah, know, right? Iowa ice cream. I've got peppermint ice cream in there. I might have to get it. Oh, God, yes. Todd, did you watch um, oh, fucking Justified? Did you watch that? I have not. Well, there's a scene where they like the criminals are talking about how they're going to like set themselves up. And the, like, they're out in eastern Kentucky. And the guy's like, well, you know what? We're going to get together this amount of money. We're going to open a fucking Dairy Queen. I was like, that is the most Kentucky thing I have ever fucking <laughs> right. heard. It's just like... That's right. We can open a Dairy Queen. And I, we I didn't it. realize Justified takes place in eastern Kentucky. It does, actually. That's it takes amazing. Place. It's I Harlan. Love, I, I it's love that. Oh, it's Harlan? It's ostensibly Harlan, but what's real yep. fun about it is, I don't know if you realize that Harlan and Lexington are about 10 minutes away from each other. Yeah. <laughs> because he would be like, all right, I'm, head, I'm headed down to Lexington. It's like, no, no, that was a much longer drive than you just insinuated that yeah. was. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, I love that show, though. It was good. It was good. My and... uh, grandfather used to work in Harlan. He worked construction. They did a lot of, uh, there was a lot of coal reference. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was, I mean, I thought it was good. And also, I don't really blame anybody for not being really on the nose about Kentucky. Who gives a shit? Or just, Harlan, yeah. Yeah, just, I mean, just do what's interesting. A town named Harlan, you know, it's like in, every time you say the name of the town Harlan, I think of this creepy fucking drunk that used to follow me around whenever I went out drinking. And, and his name is Harlan? His name was Harlan. I was going <laughs> to exactly. say, if not, this story is great and we should leave it just is there. his last name Sanders? <laughs> I was getting there. <laughs> See, now I think Harlan Ellison, I have no mouth and I must scream, so, you know. You oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the good Harlan, even though he's yeah. still kind of an asshole. Yeah, he is kind of an asshole. And he didn't follow you around drunk off his ass talking about secret agents hunting for him. So, you know. You know, a quick, a quick aside. If you guys ever have Linda Addison on your show, you need to ask her about her interactions with Harlan Ellison. Uh, I will. That's we a story. We need to have Linda Addison on the show. Yes, yes. we do. She is a lovely human being. She is. She is fave person. Uh, Linda has been one of one of my biggest mentors as far as poetry goes. Um, so just ask by her to be on the show. Just by virtue of who she is and her work that she's done, and you know, she just kind of inspires me a lot. And she also lets me ask a lot of fucking annoying questions. So, you know. Yeah, she'll be on here. Awesome. And I'm gonna make I'm gonna make you guest host too. You are? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna dangle that carrot and snatch it away. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't want Shane dangling anything in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> and there's the tagline for the episode. <laughs> Old dangling Shane. <laughs> the dang dangling in my blizzard. <laughs> the I love how I can go onto your show and be, you know regress into a twelve-year-old state of mind. Right. It's hard not to though. It, it really. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah Matt, you have Matt to like. Was surprised because he he seemed cold on our show. What now? What now? said Max Booth was surprised because he seemed cultured on our show. 
Uh, and now I'm trying to, I have like what that song, the gambler running through my head and I'm trying to figure out like, how can I make those lyrics work for the dangler? Oh God. <laughs> you got to know when to hold them. Know when to hold them. Right. <laughs> oh God. I'm <laughs> fucking breathe. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Kenny Rogers. I didn't mean to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Tracy wins. <laughs> no. We gotta, we gotta uh, check on Rich. You still breathing, man, in your closet? You good? Uh, yeah, I'm okay, good. good. I worry, worry, about now, your, huh? worry about your oxygen. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Rich vapor locks. <laughs> if, we, if we keep this string of jokes, that might actually happen. <laughs> oh, people are probably walking by your closet like, what is it going on? I hope not. There shouldn't be that many people walking by there. <laughs> Does it cause the street or something? Or? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're exactly <laughs> your closet. Like, it's okay. It's normal. It's fine. He's cackling again. Dude, that's that's not a closet. That's the gap, man. You're <laughs> <at> the- <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh. See what happens, Gracie? You just destroyed everybody with one conference. <laughs> yeah. wow. I just got to know when to walk away and know when to run. <laughs> uh, just don't ever fold them. No. Yeah, that sounds they good. don't bend that way. <laughs> this, this episode should just be called the, the episode about Shane's junk. <laughs> This is not all about my junk. You have it, too. Suck <laughs> <laughs> your gut in and then look down. Ah, uh, there. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> 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 Wait for me to reach <laughs> I'll have you know I've lost weight, sir, so fuck you. Now, how did you do that during COVID, Keezy? I don't know. Like, I have, so too. My, my wife got a, one of those digital scales uh, for Christmas. And it's like it's got like all this Bluetooth shit, and um, so I'm like standing on it. I'm like, this can't be right. This cannot be right. I was at the doctor over the summer. This cannot be right. <laughs> right. That is, I'm I'm impressed. I yeah. am too. Hey, depression and anxiety are a hell of a drug, you know. I've uh, I've always lost massive weight when I'm anxious or depressed. Yeah. Some people react yeah. to stress. Huh. Me, I'm going to mute I my see. mic and belch. And I'm, looking, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm looking at my big jeans like, yeah, are these my big jeans? I don't think these are my big jeans. Like, yeah. Somebody, somebody's tricking me somewhere. That's, Tracy, don't be wearing those hard pants. That's, <laughs> I, gotta, I stick to the leggings. Oh, man. Yeah, I went in the complete opposite 
direction. I thought I had uh, like bigger jeans and I went to button them up one day and I was like, nope, not going to happen. <laughs> hey, you got to do the you got to do the pregnancy trick where you take the, the hair tie and loop it around the button there and then loop go. it around the. The hole, and there you go. It, yeah. It's get it's getting pretty close to that point. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I might still have a pair up there with a hair tie still looped around the, yeah. <laughs> the button somewhere. I can. I can. <laughs> I've been doing a fun mix of like eating and drinking, whatever the fuck, but also doing Insanity Max 30. So like, it's weird. I've got lats like you wouldn't believe, and then yeah, I gotta wear leggings the rest of the time. <laughs> Insanity Max Thirty. I feel like you just threw a bunch of words together. <laughs> it sounds like that, doesn't it? It does. Like here, here's word salad. <laughs> <laughs> Getting all Carpenter's Farm on us now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ingested a handful of insanity a sprinkle of max 30 of them 30 of them <laughs> it's like from the makers of insanity max 30 here's crazy high 50 it just sounds like something that would hurt me i don't know it does it is it's kind of excruciating the fun part is that i bought that while I was pregnant with this moronic idea that it's a 60 day program. I thought I was going to do it in the last two thirds of my maternity leave. And I laugh and laugh and laugh at that person who thought that was going to be a thing. Oh, child. <laughs> oh God. No, that did not happen. I don't know exactly what this whole insane max 30 thing really is but i know that laurel's always in pain after it's done and she's drinking so you know true. approach no. with caution I, like, i'm not sure like that i that the cenobites do to people man shanti might be a cenobite i hadn't thought about that but that is possible <laughs> i really don't think that i'm the target age range for this workout like shit aches when i'm done it's Pretty like, sure uh, that anybody above the age of 20 is not the right age for any sort of workout ever. It seems <laughs> unlikely. Yeah, yeah it, it sounds like something like they have sites to show you or something. And it's I don't true. Want to it's like. true. <laughs> yep. <laughs> wow. Oh, no. I, think <laughs> I, I lost my train of thought. Fuck it. Never mind. I don't even care today. Do it's you guys okay. want to talk about like favorite books you've read this year or anything like that yeah we can do that you tracy start tracy yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep walked right into that one <laughs> give us your top 10 right now no i can't do top 10 that's too much that's i that's like anxiety for me i'm like i usually end up with like my top 17 or something because i'm like no i can't leave that behind yeah no I start cataloging my shelf. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I could do like my top five, maybe. I know, like, um, and every single book title just left my head. Here we go. Okay. So, um, Benny Rose, The Cannibal King. Yes. Yep, yep. Um, Tender is the Flesh by Agustina Basterica. Bas yeah, that's it, right? Um, Devil's Creek by our very own Todd Kiesling. 
is in my top five. I've heard that guy's a fucking asshole. Oh, he's a, <laughs> he's a total fucking dick. He's a book like you, that. He might be. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, Touch the Night by Max Booth III. And number five, number five, number five. Let's go with Nightfall by Daniel Barnett. Um, oh, I need to read that. I've heard yeah, such he's good got things. like post-apocalyptic stuff is my thing, and um, it's a he's doing a serial a serialized version. I think the first three are out now, and because I suck this year, um, I just got to book one, um, and I loved it. It was it was really good. So, and yeah, so those are five of the best books I read this year. <laughs> nice, that's a good nice. setup. Okay. So who who made Tracy go first? They should go next. <laughs> that was Todd. Oh, that Todd. Was oh, yeah. Todd. Yeah, well, go Todd. I, I don't have a list. I'm just gonna r- ramble off some titles that I've read. Yeah. Uh, I read The Rust Maidens by Gwendolyn Keist yeah. this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually listened to the audiobook. I fucking loved it. It's great. Um, I don't always buy print copies of books that I have on audio. Uh, Russ Maiden's an exception. Uh, John Horner Jacobs, The Lush and Seething Hell. Yes, yes. Fan fucking fantastic pair of novellas. Oh my no God. shit. Yeah, I, uh, I actually got uh, his uh, his collection of murder ballads for Christmas. I'm looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Um, Worse Angels by Laird Barron. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I'm thinking. This, oh, uh, the Bone Weaver's Orchard. Sarah yeah. Reed. Yes. It's a good You're, one. Uh, this is like a fucking revival meeting. Todd mentions books and paints says, yes, yes. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> thou shalt read The Worm and His Kings by Haley Piper. Yes. Thou shalt. There was also Crossroads by some psychopath in Kentucky. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Laurel Laurel's uh, novella Crossroads was amazing. I liked Whispers in the Dark, but I fucking loved Crossroads. Thank you. Uh, so there's that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's my that's my review. So there you go. Okay. Um. I also read. Let me think about this. Did I read it this year or last? This year has gone on for like a decade, so it's kind of hard to. <laughs> um, I read, I read uh, a book by my friend uh, Richard Wood. Uh, it's called Bayou Whispers. It is coming out next year from Crystal Lake. Uh, it is a supernatural thriller, and I think you guys are gonna dig it. Nice. Yeah, Bayou Whispers. Um, cool. That's that's all I can think of on the spot. So that's, that's you know, if I'm the, there's so many, you know. Yeah, there was this there year was incredibly stacked for releases. Yeah. Blacktop Wasteland. Oh, oh. yes. Yeah. John <laughs> Cosby. S.A. Oh Cosby. my God! Yes, I can't believe that. That, that book wasn't was even great. in my head. Yeah. Great book. Shane, um, you spoke last year next. Okay, <laughs> fine. 
That's easy <laughs> for me. Easy, easy. Um, Betty by Tiffany McDaniel is probably my favorite book of the last decade. Um, and uh, oh, pull out that name. Come on. Uh, the Only Good Indians by oh, Stephen yeah. Graham Jones is a fucking amazing book, man. Those um, Night of the Mannequins. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I forgot um, that one. Yeah, yeah, he's uh he is an incredible author, and anybody who hasn't read him needs to really unfuck that. Um, and that's two. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I'm going to copy Todd because right up there with Betty for me is Laurel's Crossroads. Um, what can I say about that that I haven't said too much already? That's uh, three. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Fucking thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Shane. <laughs> okay, what? where was I? Okay, god damn you, Todd. <laughs> uh, the Galaxy is a Dance Floor by Bianca Lenz-Friggs. Um, Bianca X. Bianca X, yes. Sorry, I was reading the cover. No, you're good. Um, God, I I'm almost speechless when when I talk about this poet. I this book I'm holding in my hand has easily fifty different uh, sticky notes sticking out of the edges of it for favorite things in it, and I basically I think I just put a sticky note on every fucking page, you know, so. Um, um, yeah, fuck it. Oh, no. Um, no, unfuck it. Cena Paleo's <laughs> new poetry collection also is fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, into the forest and all the way through. Yeah. Uh, sure. that, was, that was amazing. She's got a novel coming out next year, right? Yep, Children yeah. of Chicago. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I'm reading it right now. Oh. oh, I'm reading it right now. No, no, no. <laughs> well, that's what she's been teasing me with the monochrome books for a year, so. Hey. Hey. You know, you're you're more than welcome. I'll email it to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> email it to me. Uh, all right, I'll email it to everybody. Yeah. Even hey. Laurel again. <laughs> you, you hear that, everybody? DM Todd with your email address. No, don't fucking no. do that. Do not do that. <laughs> do not listen to this man. He is a liar. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Laurel, your turn. You made me do it. Go. Okay. There's, I mean, there's just so fucking many, but like, I might just go with like, so I read um, uh, J. Daniel Dorn's Devil's Call this year. That came out a couple of years ago, but that I read it this year and it's fucking awesome. Um, and I also I loved The Worm and His Kings, of course, because it's not possible for me to talk without about books without talking about Haley Piper. Like that's just a thing. Such a good story. Yeah, it's so good. Um, I love Children of the Fang by John Langan. He is just really he is a master of short fiction. Um, I'm also of long fiction, but. Yeah, his short stories are just Shh, don't don't feed his ego. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, John. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's too late. 
Uh, he's going to pull out his best fucking Connery on you now. Oh, I know. <laughs> Struck at Kiesling. <laughs> um, I love Seeing Things by Sonora Taylor. And um, oh, yeah. All That's Fair by S.H. Cooper. And I also, I, I really, I love Devil's Creek. And I'm not just saying that because you're here. Uh, <laughs> and uh, also, I really, really enjoyed uh, the first monochrome book. So I'm excited for that to hit next year. Oh, so <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck. Yeah. All right. Stop it, Hightower. Someone else. Stop. <laughs> oh yeah, and <laughs> I'm also reading Ellen Baxter's The Gold Bits really good. Okay, go Rich. Everything by Jonathan okay. James. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> we just start randomly shouting out stuff like Ferris Flush by Katie Kolsky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, for mine, um, you guys mentioned a lot, and not just because uh, you both are on the show, but. Todd, um, I'm still working on my list, but I'm pretty sure yours is going to be my uh, favorite for this year. And oh, wow. uh, same for you, Laurel, with uh, novella. Um, but just to kind of, yeah, and uh, just to kind of do some different books for you guys, I have um, the first one I want to mention is uh, Keith Rossin's Road 7. Oh, yeah, that's I, yeah, I couldn't even begin to kind of describe, you know, all the genres that he kind of threw into that one. But yeah. I real, I really love that book. Um, J. Daniel Stone's Stations of Shadow. I thought that was like a really unique one. And I've been reading him for a while, and I think that one's his uh, best yet. And uh, Al Makatsu's The Deep. Mm-hmm. I love that one. Oh, yeah. Um, David Heska, Wanbley Whedon's Winter Counts. And another one that I really enjoyed was uh, Ann Pisarchik's Before Familiar Woods. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That one's, yeah. <laughs> I really loved the Hank Early books, too. Um, mm-hmm. the, the first two are escaping my mind as far as the titles go, but those are really, really enjoyable. I really liked getting into crime this year. Um I will never turn down a ghost story, but I've really been digging the crime. Yes. Yeah, he has a horror book out that I, after I finished his first, uh, Hank Early's first book, um, Heaven's Crooked Finger, wasn't it? Yes. Thank you. Yeah, that's yes, one yes. of them. Yeah. He, uh, he writes under Mantooth and I got the year of the storm or something to read of his, because I liked his crime fiction so much that I was like, well, I'll try the horror. So I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm ex- I'm excited to to read because he's. Are we allowed to talk about our future guests? I don't know etiquette. <laughs> sure. He's coming. Yeah. Okay. He's he's coming <laughs> on next year because I think he has a new one out under under his actual name, which is John Mantooth. So I think yeah. is it a collection, Rich? Uh yeah, I think so. I think that's okay. what Shane said, right? I don't know. I'm asking you. Uh, he left. Well, no, I thought. Yeah, I thought he was gonna. <laughs> chime in i think but, he's not uh, back yet he'll be back oh okay but yeah i think it is a collection i'm back i was pissing yeah <laughs> my bad i didn't get you, i didn't get your message thanks for the visual 
<laughs> you know what? I'm kind of disappointed you visualized that. I well, we're too. right back to the dangling, guys. <laughs> the song will start again. I thought of, yeah, I thought, I thought of lyrics for that song while I was in there pissing, and I'm not going to tell anybody what they are. <laughs> wow. I think that's smart. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> what was I not commenting on? Oh, oh no! I John Mantooth, his, his new um, Hank Gurley and John Mantooth, yeah, yeah. His, oh. it's his next one. Is that a collection? Yes, it is a collection. Thanks. Um, yeah, and I'm stoked about that. John is a hell of a talent. Um, have you already mentioned Hank Gurley? Am I making an idiot out of myself? No, we. One, yeah, yeah, we yeah. talked about we, did, we talked okay. about Hank Gurley, but I'm not agreeing that you're making an idiot out of yourself. That's uh, <laughs> only agreeing yeah. to part of that statement. <laughs> Laurel, Laurel sitting there texting with Rich. That fucking dumbass. <laughs> I'm actually looking at spa packages. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm glad we're at the forefront of your mind, Laurel. <laughs> That's okay. Every time I mute my mic, it's because I think of something else I want to write in this story. So. Well, that's just rude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm we could be here to entertain you. <laughs> I'm kidding. I really am. I should be getting royalties for this if I'm like, you know, <laughs> working on your story while I'm talking to you. <laughs> Some of my words are like seeping into your brain meats. That's true. Uh-huh. Brain meat. Ew. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, okay, so kind of a little bit fuck New Year's resolutions, but on the other hand, <laughs> yeah, yeah, is there is there any not like a New Year's resolution, but like is there what are you what are you kind of looking forward to in twenty twenty one? What's what are your thoughts? What are your plans? What do you want to do? So by the other rules, Laurel goes first, right? Yeah, right. Damn it, <laughs> that was her <laughs> rules. <laughs> All right, I'm, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do a 2021 wish list. I want to put out a short story collection. I want to finish Silent Key and get it published. I want to lift marginalized voices all the hell and back. I want to see some movies made out of Violet Castro's work and Cena Paleo and a whole bunch of other folks. And um, I want to keep doing Insanity Max 30 and not fucking hurt myself. There we go. <laughs> Crazy high fifty, yeah. and you're also <laughs> yeah. you're, you're also going to continue um, walking up and down stairs without hurting yourself too, correct? Man, I'm really going to try. I seriously <laughs> have fucking PTSD over that. Like it, it like going okay. down the goddamn stairs like terrifies me. It also terrifies David. He's always like, "Be careful." Uh, <laughs> do, None do of you us also have it. a staircase that tries to kill you. Yes, I, one, we do too. Erica and I have both fallen down our steps. Uh, so yeah, I know I, I sprained the fuck out of my ankle like one week after Sebastian came home from daycare at the beginning of quarantine. It was terrible. Oh. Didn't um didn't Tass have a bad spot fall downstairs too? Oh yeah, yeah. You yeah. pretty yep. bad one. Trying to you save were- a pug. Uh huh. A worthy effort. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, Save a pug, break a femur. I believe he's doing much better, though. Save a pug, break a femur. (laughs) (laughs) 
Wow. <laughs> John, if you're listening. <laughs> John will love it. Save a pug, break a femur with Todd Kiesling and Tracy Robinson. <laughs> okay, who's goals, who's goals are next? Oh, right, we were doing that. Not Rich as he's peeing. or a bunch a whole crowd of people just walked by his closet or something i don't know (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) all right that's it it's todd's turn there you go uh i like the the 2021 wish list idea um so hope i can find a job because i'm still unemployed uh Either that or I hope, you know, something of mine gets optioned and I get a nice payday so I don't have to go back to work. That would be great. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to finish, or I hope to finish uh, the book I started for NaNoWriMo, Spiders in the Lattice. Hope I can get that edited and find a home for it. Although I don't know if I am going to send it out right away. It's it's kind of teetering on the verge of being a trunk novel, just a, something I wrote just to write it. Um, I hope that uh, my mind just completely went blank. I had a Shane moment there. Um, you know, I haven't really thought this far ahead, to be honest, because I've been so focused on living day to day. Right now, yeah. Yeah, just this this year has been fucking horrendous on my mental health. So uh, I hope that I can start, you know, getting back to a normal sleeping routine because I'm sitting up way too late. I was up until six o'clock this morning. Yeah, I do that uh, every freaking night too. Yeah, I always see you on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I'm um, horrible insomniac. Yeah, same here. Insomnia has really, really taken a toll on me uh, these last several months. Um, uh, you know, I can't think of much else. I mean, I, you know, I hope that we can all get together at a con. I hope we can do cons again for 2021. That's my. That's probably top of my wish list. I miss. I miss seeing. You know, my peers. Uh. You know, I hope that I can see family at some point. I hope I can get down to Kent, Tennessee, Kentucky area. I hope I can, you know, hang out with you, Laurel, and, you know, yes. Well Red Beard yeah. and Ed Lorne and everybody else who lives down that way. Um, I hope we can do scares again, Tracy. <laughs> yes. And on your way to Kentucky and Tennessee, I mean, just swing through eastern Ohio. and uh, I don't go that way. I, I take uh, 81 South all the way down to eastern Tennessee, like Virginia oh. through Bristol. You um, can just go the other way then. I was going to say, you, you could make a fucking exception. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't it's go that way. To go. <laughs> I don't want to have to take the turnpike all the way through Pittsburgh and come down to fucking Ohio. <laughs> there, I said it. 
Tracy, I'll no, come no get you. No offense, Tracy. And that's okay. I just won't check my email. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Who's next? You are. You. Why? <laughs> um. Damn. Yeah. The wish list thing for me to wish list and a goal. Um. The wish list is I, I hope I finish the novel I'm working on right now. Um. I hope that we finish the novella that Laurel and I are working on. Um. I hope that a book of laurels that I'm not going to jinx by naming gets optioned. Um, and I hope that I finish my poetry collection. Um, and I fully intend to be a lot more vocal about neurodiver- neurodiverse people in the writing community and, um, you know, the, the fact that, uh, there are so many of us and so little recognition of that. And it's like just this year for the very first time I saw, I saw uh, horror writers of America actually list them in their list of marginalized peoples, which is the first time I've ever seen that. And it, I feel like that's progress that everybody needs to make. Yes. So mm-hmm. I'm going to scream about it, but that's me. I want to scream about it too. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't recall seeing that, Shane. When was that? For their when they when they listed the neurodiverse people as being yeah. marginalized. I mean, um, their scholarship thing they were doing. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, which uh, I did not apply for, but it pleased me greatly to see that there. Um, so yeah, I I don't you know don't always like everything the HWA does, but I like that they did that. Good job, guys. I'll give you a point back. <laughs> no, I guess yeah, oh, I was gonna say, I guess I'll go. Um, my. Mine's, I haven't really thought about it, to be honest, but I guess uh, my wish list would just be to uh, finish a couple writing projects that I'm working on. Um, make more time to write because, you know, like we've kind of mentioned through this episode, this year's just been a total shit show. And like I try my best to like stick with stuff, but, you know, sometimes you just you just don't really feel like working on anything because, you know, you're just so burned out from everything else that's going on. So I want to uh-huh. prioritize that more. Um, reading more, because um, I have a tendency, kind of for the same reasons with the work, uh, the writing thing, is I have a tendency to, you know, just watch like reruns and stuff instead of, you know, I could add more time to when I read. And, uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, just to... uh you know, that's pretty much it as far as big goals and um, maybe just to, you know, make more friends on uh, Twitter and stuff and be a little bit more active on there in terms of like promoting stuff and everything and meeting new people. Good list. 
I don't want to meet any new people. Fuck people. <laughs> <laughs> Someone had to say it. <laughs> yeah, I realized too that it sounded kind of weird. It almost sounds like personal ad. Right. Like, like I'd like to meet some new people. <laughs> I just signed up. I just signed up for that. Um, <laughs> That's what it sounded like, but that's not what I meant. I'm probably going to tell my wife tomorrow. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> he likes pina coladas, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just killing it with the song. Wow. <laughs> that's going to be stuck in my fucking head for like a week. Sorry. No, yeah. no, no, don't lie to me. Should have took that other route to Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> you had the whole, you had a chance with the dangler and everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Well, I guess I'm last. Um, yes. Last year, it worked out really good for me. Uh, there was something on Twitter, and I said, you know what? Next year, I want to see a review of mine in a published magazine and lo and behold yeah. i was in Rue morgue magazine what nice. three times this year yeah yeah nice. and i've got one more coming january february so um yeah. so my next one is i would love to have something in fangoria that would be cool for me yeah i would be, i i want to do that too eventually yeah i mean i don't know i'd have to think of they already have a um, a set book reviewer. She's amazing that does their print magazine stuff. But maybe even online would be cool. Yeah. So it kind of you know I, after I said that last year, I sat I sat down and sent out re- uh, emails to Rumorg and Fango and a couple of other places and just sent you know like hey you know here's here's where I am here's what I do. What do you want you know can I have a review in your magazine? And Rumorg was the one that said what do you got? And I said, here. And they're like, sure, let's do this. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, nice. that one. Um, I'd like to, like, I need to get my reading mojo back. Like like Rich said, I've been re-watching Supernatural when I could be reading. <laughs> um, I don't know <laughs> if it's just, you know, I've had this past week off and I haven't read a word. Um, you know, I said I'm reading Children of Chicago, but, you know, and I can get lost in a book, but I just haven't. Yeah. It's sitting there you know i carry it with me it just doesn't <laughs> I, it's not the book you know it's it's just me yeah but i, I want to you know definitely get my reading stuff back um i want to keep i want to continue on doing the work with ladies of horror fiction um and lifting up marginalized voices like what laurel said um for one of hers uh, that's important to me and reviewing for sci-fi and scary and then um, the, my last one is I need to finish up a couple more reviews for horror DNA and then I'll be, um, a reviewer for them as well. So I don't know. I think that's pretty much it for mine. We'll yeah, see how it goes. Yeah. Going to awesome have a byline with me yeah. at least on the same website. That's cool. Yeah. Um, congratulations too. I was really happy to see Rue Morgue pick you up and that stuff happening because you deserve it. Um, yeah, I'd love it to be like permanent, but I don't think they, they have, you know, Monica, she's like a, yeah. one of the permanent reviewers, but I just basically have to like, like when fairest flush, um, by KP Kolsky ended up, you know, in my inbox and I just emailed Rue Morgue and I was like, Hey, uh, 
how about this one? She's like, yeah, you know what? Let's do that. And so that's the one coming out in January and February. Um, yeah, it was, you know, it was just fun. It, and, and it's, it's kind of nice though, to not be on the permanent staff because right now when I'm not reading, like the only thing that I'm reading is stuff. Cause I, you know, I have to do one for sci-fi and scary or horror DNA, you know, I don't have to worry mm-hmm. about that too. So that's a good right. thing. Yeah, and also make sure that all these motherfuckers you're writing for know that I published you first. Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get you more to start email. every email with that, Tracy. Yeah, listen, <laughs> Shane published me first, motherfucker. Hey, would you like to publish this one? Yeah. That when should I... be in the footer of every email, kind of like sent from my iPhone. It's like the first published by Shane Douglas-Dean. <laughs> well, you know, in a, what was it? In the emails I sent out, when I sent it to Remorg, I said, like, you know, here's some samples. And uh, what was it? The migration for Ink Heist was one of the ones that I sent. So you were in the email, Shane. (laughs) (laughs) I was totally joking, but that pleases me. Um, and I totally forgot to mention this book. I'm going to mention it, and then I'm going to start working toward bailing. Um, Laurel Hightower and Gemma Amore and Cynthia Palaio, Palaio, whatever. Sorry, sorry, Cena. Um, put together this book called We Are Wolves, uh, full of women's voices, full of ultra-talented women's voices i've been reading through this thing and uh, not only do the proceeds for it go to charity um they go to for for abused oral tell me i'm stupid um survivors of sexual abuse right right thank you um i guess it's the alliteration that disturbs me there um but this uh yeah this thing is incredible um, not just because it does that, but also because it's full of some of the most amazing fucking fiction you'll find this year. And y'all should read it. It's on my list. I appreciate the plug. I am. I, I usually dissemble when when people mention my work, but I I do wanna. I really wanna plug this because it's that was one of the things that was just so rewarding about it was the the stories that we got back from everyone were so different and they were they were so you know different in tone and different in subject matter but just i mean just came together beautifully and i'm i'm really really proud of that project and i'm really really proud of all of our authors so yeah and you deserve to be so Segway. that's all i'm done i'm done saying <laughs> anything nice about you now hightower okay <laughs> <laughs> I, I before I I, I kind of get the impression that we're wrapping up. So uh, before we go, I do want to say uh, thank you to you guys for your support of my work this year. Um, you know, you guys had me on like well so many times that people <laughs> think I'm like a you know Todd's always on Inkeist, yeah. <laughs> Um, and, you know, yep. here we are uh, again, and uh, I'm grateful for that. Uh, this has been, this whole year has been uh, a kick to the balls. Yeah, it has. Uh, in so many ways. And um, your your support of me and my work uh, means the world to me. 
uh, Tracy that goes for you too. Uh, thank you for taking the time to read my stuff and review it. Um, of course, I loved it. Thank you. Uh, and that this also goes out to every everybody really who is listening, who has read my work, who you know, uh, I've been you know basically living without an income since August. And your support of Devil's Creek paid my bills. And I am so fucking grateful for that. And I, I am just, I continue to be astounded by it because I never thought I would get to that point. And, you know, you guys made it happen. Us, uh, so all of you who've read, read my stuff, reviewed it you know, took the time to, you know, give your thoughts, who put, you know, everybody who put their money down for it. Thank you so much. Uh, you saved a life this year. Thank you. Yeah. So thanks for lying in your reviews and saying you liked it because. <laughs> you really yeah, th- thanks for lying. So you could remain in the public. With good graces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks to everybody except that motherfucker. Right. <laughs> That guy can go die in a fire. Right. <laughs> yeah, I sent him a bag of dicks. Merry Christmas, <laughs> motherfucker. What a what a heartfelt uh, thank you, and then right? took it somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. Shane, see, Shane's like the devil on my shoulder. Right. <laughs> God but, bless us, everyone. But seriously, seriously, thank thank you guys. Thank yeah. you for having me. Thank you for supporting me, and I won't forget it. And I look forward to many, many, many more conversations in uh, 2021. They will pleasure. occur. They will occur with our both pleasure. of you. Um, you are family to us. That is what I said at the beginning of this uh, clusterfuck was true and from my heart and not part of the rest of my insanity. Um, <laughs> you and you and Tracy are both a part of our family. Thank you. Mm-hmm. No. Thank you. Um, before we wrap up, I do want to say that Ladies of Polar Fiction is, um, we've done this every year so far. Um, this will be year three for us. Uh, it's called Ladies First 21. And we want to challenge everybody to make their first book that they read in 2021 be by a Lady of Horror Fiction. So I expect all three of you, four of you, whoops, yes. math, sorry. <laughs> to pick one and make sure you tag LOHF in it so we can retweet it and share the share the word about it. Can can uh, our choice be an anthology cuz I that's a perfect opportunity for me to to read We Are Wolves. Right? Perfect. That works. Yep. Cool. Yay. Yay. And I I already have seen his books in the wings waiting. So so I got that covered too. All right. Just wanted to make sure I got that word out about that because it's one of yeah. the one of our favorite yeah. challenges that we do. Because it's not really that hard of a challenge. The challenge is like trying to pick one from stacks right. of mm-hmm. amazing books. So yeah, yeah, it's no no challenge whatsoever though to to read uh, virtually any lady of horror fiction. Um, I I for years and years and years didn't read women because it was a family thing. It was how I was raised, and I was screwing myself badly. Um, and it was the indie horror community that made me realize that. 
But so, you know, don't be stupid. Read women. Yes. I'm going to blur. I'm going to use that as a blurb, Shane. Don't okay. be stupid. Read don't women. Don't be stupid. Read women. <laughs> yeah. And shout out to Ladies of Horror Fiction. I think I've said it before, but the Ladies of Horror Fiction are how I ended up here at all. I've, I, I dove down the rabbit hole and found this community and there would still be just like embarrassing crickets awkwardly hopping around my reviews <laughs> at this point if it were not for that. So <laughs> it is much appreciated. Yeah, it's definitely uh, a fun thing to be a part of. I mean, because, you know, we're all friends and it's just, you know, kind of like a labor of love. You know, we read the things and we've got our awards reading coming up. So you guys will probably be seeing me read so many books by women, which is amazing. <laughs> like, that's fine. Um, and like January through March. So I don't know. It's it's fun. It's a lot of work, but it's worth it for sure. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, um, I guess if that's if that's everything we want to cover, um, mm-hmm. I'll do an awkward wrap up and just say yeah. real quick, <laughs> yeah. real quick, guys. Don't yeah, forget, uh, after we stop recording, I have news to share. Yeah, oh, right. Yeah. I, okay, I was just going to cool. say that. So We're I didn't forget. So bad about hanging up on everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. It's like, all right. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Click. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah, many people. It's fine. <laughs> well, thank you guys for coming. Um, and thank you, Rich and Shane, for inviting me to be on Ink Heist. It was close to this time last year, I think, that I did a guest show. Um, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And um, thank you for everyone who tunes in and and, uh, and laughs with us. It's much appreciated. Mm-hmm. So and I hope that... And... Go ahead. No, go ahead. No. <laughs> My bad. I thought you were done, so I apologize. No, you're you're good. I was just gonna I was gonna go for the like the tiny Tim sort of poignant thing, but I'm, I don't think I was gonna pull it off. So you go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I that, I might like to segue into the end right there. <laughs> um, no, I agree with you though. Um, and Rich and I both agree that. Uh, I mean. I haven't talked to him about this, but I know it's true that uh, we're both very, very thankful that you joined our team because mm-hmm. our our team wasn't complete until you until you signed on. Um, and I feel that very, very deeply. We became about a hundred percent better when Laurel Hightower became one of our crazy asses. <laughs> well, thank you. I like you too, Rich. <laughs> and Rich, Rich, you're okay. <laughs> Anybody who lets me call him Richard K. Scissorhands is all right with me. <laughs> I love you guys. I'm uh, going to stop the recording now. And, and you guys can all wonder what the fuck Todd is saying to us. Yes. And he's going to say it in a Batman voice that I can't. <laughs> porno, porno Batman. Drink porno Batman. Porno Batman. <laughs> <laughs>